I don't think we are very traditional because I don't look at what other people in our space is doing. I explore all the other spaces around us. How many interesting ideas come from outside of industries or how many technologies are all converging together right now? What you see happening in one space will probably end up impacting another space. Bitch, you need to stay in your lane. We have our first hater online publicly. They're mad at me and it sparked so many interesting ideas, which we're going to talk about today. Um, but first of all, yay us for getting someone. They got their haterade out. <laughs> you have to have an opinion. Well, if you never have a hater, you probably have never had an opinion. Yeah, that's, I, yeah. that's probably true. Yeah. So I came in with a strong opinion um, around. I was talking about quantum physics and blending it with concepts of meditation and routines and how like everything is vibrating and uh, matching your frequency. I was just talking about some concepts that I think are interesting and how I allowed those concepts to influence my new year and how I was building resolutions and uh, just really looking at everything, every object, whatever is around me, knowing that it all impacts me. And I related it to quantum mechanics and quantum physics and had a cool example about a bridge uh, collapsing in Washington. It was just interesting. But this person came in here on YouTube like, ah, get out of here. You can't do that stuff. Why do you think you can talk about quantum physics? Those don't go together. Stay in your lane, bitch. Like, so but what's your lane? I don't know. Actually, I was like, my lane is so random. I'm not sure what my lane is currently, but um, but it did open up a lot of interesting points where I'm like, wow, I think a lot of people think like this of like, if you're working in this space, you stay in your space and you don't think outside the box. And it got me thinking about how many interesting ideas come from outside of industries or how many technologies are all converging together right now. Like what you see happening in one space will probably end up impacting another space. What technology is born out of you know, I don't know, the airline industry will probably end up influencing healthcare. And like at, at a certain point, I'm like, well, everything does kind of, everything is one. That's my little woo-woo stuff. Like everything eventually kind of comes together and does influence everything. So why not take lessons from other spaces and then pull them in and explore and learn and see, hey, does this make sense? Maybe, maybe not, but like the path of even exploring and pulling different concepts and connecting dots. I'm like, that's the best part of life. And then I realized, I'm like, maybe a lot of people don't do this. So Most people for sure don't. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about today, because I think that you are really good at connecting the dots. And I mean, you're constantly pulling business stories from different places and concepts and operational efficiencies or finance. knowledge. It's like you take knowledge from different spaces and you pull it in. And I do it in different ways, too. I'm pulling things from like my spiritual world and then this place and then finance and Google. And oh yeah, like I'll pull it into in a different way. But I want to explore more about like how to, if someone is sitting here listening right now and they're like, I don't do that. I work in sales and I sell this thing and I've always been in that space. And that's just what I focus on. I want to maybe uh, encourage some mindset expansion and some exploration. And even if someone gets mad at you in a conference room because you connected too many dots and they don't make sense. I, that's what I want to explore here today with you. Well, I can tell you as a person that's been doing some of the interviews for one of our other shows, soon to be coming Big Ideas Lab. I got to plug that show for anyone that's interested. It's about the history of LLNL, Lawrence Livermore National Labs, and what they're building there. Some really amazing stuff. But one of the things that is very clear when you talk to these leading scientists who are trying to build 
the future. Of course, they have unbelievable domain knowledge. Like they know clearly more about light or neutrons or quantum computing or quantum physics. Like they are masters of their domain, but their ideas do come from other places. They are a great example is when we were doing additive manufacturing conversation. So we were doing the additive manufacturing conversation. They were talking about how certain structures that they've learned how to 3D print are substantially stronger and lighter than any structure that currently uh, is, is in existence. And they talked about latticed structures that they saw in ant tunnels. Do you know what I mean? So like, wh why would an additive manufacturing person be looking at an ant tunnel? Well, they probably wouldn't. There's no reason to, unless there's something to learn from an ant tunnel, which if you think about it, it's kind of mind boggling that ants actually just make this on their own. But they were talking about how if you can lattice something, then you don't need a solid block of material and it would be substantially lighter and arguably even stronger than the previous material. And they talked about how that was forever changed things like EVs. EVs typically are super heavy because the battery is heavy. So then the car is heavy. So then the battery has to have more power because it's so heavy. Everything's based upon how heavy this machine is. And so they were talking about if the frame was latticed, you could have a smaller battery, which means you could go even further on a single charge. And they talked about how like simple things like that would all matter. And they talked about in the lens of additive manufacturing, but, but that is what is going to parlay, you know, to what you said, which is they learned something from another field completely unrelated to their field seemingly until they until it was related. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course it wasn't related when you, what's an anthill have to do with added manufacturing? I would say nothing until there is something that's connected. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think is so fascinating because you think about a lot of the big technological innovations, they happened outside of what the person was really intending it to be for oftentimes. And a lot of times it took someone from the outside coming in and being like, oh, I've been looking for that thing for 10 years and I didn't know it existed. And now I can take that and put it into my thing. And so there's so many stories from history of like where that happened. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to think about like, it's actually, you know, what's interesting. It's actually most of the innovations in the world come from people who are outside of the realm, especially things that are brand new. And this has been the a talk I've done, and it's a talk many other people have done about how a lot of times startups, why are startups so disruptive? They come up with ingenious ideas that transform industries, but they're often thought of by people who have no prior knowledge of the industry, arguably because they don't have that prior knowledge. They don't have like, they don't understand the drawbacks. They don't understand all the things that have failed. And so they come in, maybe you can, some people call it naive or you may say it's a fresh perspective where like, I'm going to look at it. I mean, a great example is of course, Uber, right? It's not from someone from the logistics industry. Airbnb wasn't built by someone from the housing or hospitality industry. GoPro is not someone from the camera industry. Spanx isn't from someone in the hosiery industry. In fact, the list goes on and on. Anything that you've ever seen that's disruptive is from someone outside of that industry. Yep. Yep. So then that makes me think, why do people stay in their lane so much? Or why do they want to enforce that way of thinking? Or how do you get out of that way of thinking where you're like, I want to be curious about other things. I want to be able to connect the dots in different ways. And I want to also have the boldness to declare my new dots that are connected. <laughs> like how do, how do you get in that framework of thinking to be curious enough to want to explore these spaces and then come afterwards to pull it all together to influence 
you know, your work, your life. So I, this is just my opinion, but I, I have a feeling it's mostly, I've seen this attitude more in academics than anywhere else where they believe that their prior knowledge gives them some type of, you know, standard or foundation of which that cannot be challenged by someone without the similar foundation. I, I feel like I see that more. I don't have any like data to support this, but in general, if I talk to someone with like a lot of academic credentials, they'll, you know, they don't really want to hear opinions outside of the realm. And I think also there's probably signal to noise ratio. Probably most ideas outside of your realm are probably bad. So just by odds of your, of living, you probably hear mostly bad ideas about what you have a lot of knowledge of. So that makes it probably pretty hard to be receptive of an idea that you, that could be good. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're, you've already kind of discredited somebody before it ever even started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the school system after like more college, like getting a degree, I don't know about you. Well, not, I don't know about you. You didn't, I got advanced degrees. It ain't yeah. I mean, <laughs> look at me. Do I look smart? Oh, no. Yeah, you are. Um, but I always remember like, once you pick your path, you got to stay on that path. Like you're on a finance path. Now you can't also have a random, you know, English thing going on here too, or whatever else you want. Like you got to stay focused on this and be great at this. And then when you get into finance, you better work in that job for more than four years. You don't want to look like a job jumper and you don't want to seem like you're just bopping around everywhere. No one's going to want to hire you and don't veer off course too much because then you'll lose your niche and you'll lose that like momentum and, Oh, don't have a baby for too long. Like you don't want to be out of the industry for too long. You got to stay focused on that one path. And sometimes I think that's really good if you really like that thing. Sure. Like stay on that path. But even in that path, I still think it's always helpful to kind of explore. And I think a bit of it is unwinding the programming that, I mean, maybe it's not just school, maybe it's parents too, who are like, you got to be a doctor, you got to do this thing, but like unwinding the programming and really tuning into like, what's actually interesting to me where I would want to explore it, you know, on my own and have that excitement that then maybe it won't do anything for me these first five years, because I'm exploring a lot of random things that aren't helpful. But maybe that also that curiosity leads to something that could be helpful. So that's my thought. School system, parenting, but then. So based on what you just said, I have a feeling that the other person just doesn't want to hear from you. Uh, That's what I'm guessing. That's why they were upset. The person who hated on you. You know what I mean? That person. Like, I think they just didn't really want to. I think they just didn't want to hear from you. I'm going to get a lot of that. I'm pretty sure. For whatever reason, they've already discredited your opinion. And so therefore they decided to tell you to stay in your lane. Yeah. That's been a thing. I think people sometimes don't want to hear from, (laughs) but it's weird because this content is elective. You don't have to listen. (laughs) That's so true. You're choosing to look at me. Stop looking at me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because we've also talked about, or when I, when I think about what we do here at mission, when it comes to building content, I've had so many people ask me, they're like, well, do you know about this person, this media company and this one and this one? And oftentimes I look like really dumb because I'm like, no, I don't know any of those people because I don't actively go out to seek who else is doing this kind of stuff, really, like maybe once a year. And it's usually actually from other people like on the team who are like, oh, this person's doing this. But I'm not actively always seeking like who else is doing something similar. and What exactly are they doing? And I like that because then I feel like we do things very different and I I've met with a couple of people who are, you know, building some things that are kind of similar to ours, or they at least build podcasts and have YouTube shows and whatever it might be. And hearing their process, 
versus when they hear our process, they view us as like, you guys are like some tech company, like using these different AI tools and experimenting and like trying all this new stuff. And like what they're doing is so traditional to what every other company is doing. And I'm like, I don't think we are very traditional because I don't look at what other people in our space is doing. I explore all the other spaces around us. And then I take what I like from, oh, that's a good tool over here that I like, or this is an interesting model over here, or I like how that event company is doing it. Like, but it's things that I'm finding on my own because I think they're already great. Instead of trying to conform to like, well, we're in media, we got to like stick to how they record things and how they have their things set up and how they, you know, cut video clips or whatever it might be. Um, and instead of being like, I think these five other things are interesting could they somehow support our way of doing things as well? Well, what's the answer? I mean, that's what we do. So that's my answer. <laughs> but I think that yeah. that is very much too led by, you know, whoever is leading the charge to like, I think if I wasn't interested in all these other spaces and trying things and um, yeah, we wouldn't probably be in that. I mean, I remember when I, when did I put some of our mission money into crypto? Cause I, it was a little bit extra profit. And I was like, let's put it into crypto. And I remember you being like, uh, so I don't know if it's a good idea. And I was like, I think it is. And this is a space I've been looking at and it's going to take a while, but I think it'll be a good idea. I'd rather hold cash there than, you know, give it away in taxes. Um, but I'm like, if I wasn't interested in those things and I didn't have your support, I don't think we would ever do that. Um, yeah. And just, this just comes I think this is more about personality and styles than anything else. And when I think about like, how does someone who's listening to this relate it to their lives? It's probably, well, you're really only, there's only like three types of people probably. Right. And here, here's, here's my three types of people. One is the innovator. Two likes things as they are. And three is probably a pessimist naysayer. Right. So they also probably look a little bit like two. And so really it's all about personal style. Like who would you rather work for? Who, or what would you rather do in a given day? Who do you want to be around? Um, because if you work at a company that, uh, is just surrounded by, let's say people that are status quo people, then that's what you'll be. And that's what you'll be around. And you'll be around people that are super happy with doing what they're doing. You are going to be around people that are probably going to be disinterested in new ideas. You're going to be around people that are disinterested in new technologies, implementing new technologies, processes, trying to expand markets. You're just going to be around people not interested in that stuff. Then you're also the other, conversely, the other one is for some people, if you're not a big innovator and you're with an innovative company, it's going to feel frustrating because you're always being asked to do something of which you have no knowledge, no experience. Hey, we want to do this. It's going to feel aggravating. I always think back to my, one of my favorite business cases, which I still always try to put myself, myself in the moment that the Yamaha music company decided to make motorcycles and what all the people there must've thought, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like we're, we're the best at making pianos. We're the best at making whatever instrument is my craft. What do you mean you want me to make motorcycles? Uh, the Yamaha motor company for anyone who's out there listening, their logo is three tuning forks, which is how musical instruments are tuned. And it's because the, the CEO at the time thought, a, a motorcycle is like a finely tuned musical instrument. And it's one of the only stories of a company <laughs> succeeding in both. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They did both. Yeah. Cause usually <laughs> so they we, like cannibalize the other, or they just say, we got to stop that completely to start the new thing. They don't actually right. be like, Mo yeah. 
Yeah. It doesn't just, Oh, everything we do is, is gold. And that kind of builds into like what Amazon has become because Amazon's in like a lot of different product lines and they seemingly are all really strong. They're a shipping and logistics company. They're the biggest.com. They're the biggest public cloud. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're one of the, the more modern stories, but at least those things are somewhat, I think, related. Like the knowledge you have in one relates to another. I think making a, a engineering a motorcycle has nothing like a trombone, but Yamaha did it. But that's what I think about is when you're a person, because you get to live your life, who do you surround yourself with? That's probably what makes people frustrated. So like this person who hates on you, I bet you in real life, they do not take well to ideas outside of an act. I'm guessing they're an academic and I bet you they really only listen to people that they think are equally, if not more credentialed than them. That's mm -hmm. my guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure. And that's, that's actually a lot of people early on in my finance career. That was exactly how it was. Oh, it was your like, degrees from Salisbury. Yeah. I know. They're like, where's your degree Stanford. from? We don't know that at school. And I'm like, yeah, we're getting paid the same amount though, huh? We're in the same spot. But here we are. We're in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's do some takeaways here, right? The reality is this show is for people who probably lean towards an innovator's mindset. People that want to try new things, that people want to do new things. The other thing I'd like to say is we're not experts in anything. Stephanie is Stephanie. I am myself. We're not experts in anything other than what we are currently doing and what we are experiencing. Um, that's it. I know what I'm experiencing. I know what I'm currently doing. I know what I'm currently trying. That's it. That's all I know. And the results will be the results. So if you want to be like this, or you think like this, let's share a little bit, Stephanie, how do we keep that, these ideas going, flowing and, uh, not try to, you know, inundate someone with ideas that maybe they just can't tolerate anymore. Yeah. Start with yourself. How do you keep your, yeah. Your, you know, your spark for innovation alive. I would say one to piggyback off what you said, picking the right people to surround myself with. I actually do think that's very helpful and people who are in different spaces, different industries doing, I mean, I feel like my, my group of friends are so diverse with what they're working on and what they do. And it's so opposite from me that I'll hear something from my friend who's a coach and they're building up courses. And I'm like, Oh, that's good. Maybe we could pull something like that into our space. Or I'll hear something from someone who's building up this like SaaS company or, uh, uh, one of my friends, Adams, he, Adam, he's building up this company retention.com. And I meet up with him and I hear like what he's doing. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I want that piece of tech here too. And so I like the idea of you are the people you surround yourself with. That's where a lot of good ideas can come from. If you're surrounding yourself with great people who are smart. Um, so step one for me is definitely that is building that good community and it doesn't have to be in person, but where can you hang out where there's good ideas being shared? Maybe it's a discord channel. Maybe it's uh, probably not Facebook, but, uh, <laughs> Twitter, I think still has some good information on there and people to follow that, you know, you can kind of build up people to follow and be in that community. A hundred, um, almost second that first of all, Elon, just call it Twitter. Like you're never going to convert us. We're old school. Like even though Stephanie is a person who likes to innovate, she's not innovating on that new name. Not names. X doesn't, I can't. It, X doesn't roll off the tongue at all. X. Yeah, it just sounds bad. Your Twitter right. and your Facebook. I'm not saying anything different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm meta. No, you're not your Facebook. All right. But anyways, Great point. I'm in this literally the same group. So it's called the sweaty startup and it's run by Nick Huber, who is pretty popular. He's a great shit poster on Twitter. The Facebook group is like dead. Nobody talks on it, but every time he posts on Twitter, lots of, I would say pretty good business people go in and start talking. So, um, hundred percent. 
I feel like the people that are most interesting are on Twitter. So that's why I use that platform. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same thing as you community people that you're around, who are you getting ideas from? And it's also not just like getting ideas, but conversations and the energy of those people too. Like if someone comes to me and they're like so excited about, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this one guy in our group. He was so excited about this one, um, crypto coin or whatever that he was working in and what and his excitement was so infectious where I was like, okay, I will buy some of this and I'll get, I'm, I'll become interested in this because you say it's such an important thing of these like world buildings and things that I'm like literally not into. I'm not into these games. I'm not into any of that. But if you're that excited and passionate about it, let me look into it. That actually ended up being the best returning coin this year in like a one year time period. Well, did you sell it? No, I still have it, um, but well, I'm, those I'm are, probably those going are, to. Those are, those are paper gains. Those are I know, games. I know. But paper like gains. that energy of those people that you surround yourself with, you're like, okay, I'm not really into like building out gyms, but if you're telling me about this really cool model about you building out your gym, like I want to hear more about it because that's just your excitement around it. So that's one. Um, so do you look for a type of innovation? Because I've what I've learned about myself is I really only listen to innovations in my lane. So I don't. I I like hearing about all of it. I mean, I would say. Yeah, my friends are so mixed at this point. A lot of them are coaches, uh, but they're coaching in different things. So that would be half my friends are probably coaches in Austin. And then the other half are such a mix of building out companies, building in-person things, coffee shops, uh, like cacao lounges. I mean, yeah, in like in-person retail locations, tech companies, and then half Section our coaches. Section 8 investors. And Section 8 investors. So it's a very <laughs> random mix. But I actually think that I don't have any people that I can think I have one person who's kind of in media who builds documentaries. Um, but no good ideas come from them. <laughs> no good thought bubbles because it, it just feels like I already know a lot of the stuff that they talk about and it's not really anything that's like new. Um, but the other people, when I hear about the way that they do things, maybe it's the way that they're doing their, you know, social media and things that they're finding on there. It's the way that this, you know, guy, Adam is posting on LinkedIn. He's showing me his backend numbers of how he's building up this following. It's the way this other person's telling me how they built a course that then funneled into products and into their podcast. That's the kind of stuff that I like. And it's yet yeah, nothing that I probably knew in the beginning that it would even be any bit helpful, but that diversity of thought is what has come back and influenced, I would say mission a lot because I hear of an idea and I'm like, okay, can we try this here too? And uh, and maybe it's in three to five years that I want to try it. Like it might take time, but that's usually where my best thoughts come from. And it might not be that they're giving me a solution to something. It might just be a thread that then I need to go like, you know, unravel and figure out, okay, what, what are they actually talking about here and what parts could be relevant? For me, I look for things that innovate in one specific theme or lane, and that is how to make my life easier. Uh, I, I've noticed that is like a recurring theme for me or how to, and typically life easier also means how to make work easier. And I always joke about, I've said it from the very beginning, like I'm on a never ending quest to work less and I'm not very good at it because I, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I just add stuff to my plate. But, um, I like to like, it's kind of, you know, it's not the journey, it's the destination, uh, you know, I'm en I enjoy it. Wait, so did you like, just say it's not the journey, it's the destination? I'm pretty sure it's, it's I got the it journey. Backwards. Yeah. I got it backwards. Okay, it's I'm not like, the destination, uh, the journey. Now... Uh, yeah, see, it's not even my saying. See, that's, uh, it's not my saying. Of course, I'm the reciting journey, the saying the destination. incorrectly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I did it wrong. Whoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> okay. I, well, I didn't know. I was like, actually knowing Albert, he might actually mean that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, like I think to myself all the time, like, when I hear ideas from different people in different spaces, I always think about, does that make life easier? Like I literally do. And, and if I think it f- makes life easier, then I sent, think to myself, well, I'd like to bring that into another place. And so I do get ideas from, you know, like I like listening to my first million. I've mentioned that before, mainly because they put really successful people on there that are uh, somewhat unconventional and you get to hear what they have to say. But like, I'll give you an example of what I didn't gravitate towards, like listening to Rob Deerdick talk about how he structures and schedules his day. Like that doesn't sound like something that fits my personality at all. Like this idea that every single time block is accounted for. He eats like chicken teriyaki seven days a week. Like that doesn't sound even remotely compelling to me. I'm sure it's good, but it didn't sound compelling. So, but when I hear about, when I hear about people like, you know, I've, I've mentioned DHH a lot, but James Dyson, like when I hear about these other people, that the way they do things, it's really compelling. And uh, a great example is, um, Sean Purry on my first million talked about, he talked about design joy and I forget the person's name, but the agency design joy about how he did this unlimited pricing package and priced it per month and made it like design as a service. He mostly does websites and he charges 5,000 a month. He makes $1.2 million a year. I was like, this is so ingenious how he structured his pricing model. Uh, so then I was like, well, we should do the same. Like we 100% should do the same. I took it to one of the other companies and said, Hey, we should offer our services as a service and just control the amount of projects they have. And it's been working great. So I look for ideas like that, which I hear like, that's a brilliant way to price or model something for my personality type. I always try to make sure it fits me because you know, that's why I don't listen to Joe Rogan because like, dude, I can't do this. Like I'm not going to want to cold plunge every day and then do this every day and then take supplements. Like I'm not buying supplements, man. I think that's a total waste of money. Uh, <laughs> like you couldn't convince me that supplements are good. There's no, I've read all there is to read. And I'm like, dude, the fact that supplements aren't in any way monitored by any type of regulatory organization is mind boggling to me. <laughs> You're about to get us another hater. They're going to be like, Albert, these supplements heal my life. They heal. I'm sure they did. I'm not even saying it doesn't work, but I know it doesn't fit my person. That's, that's how I think about things. Also, I'm not super fit like Joe Rogan either. So, you know, flat to that. But you're <laughs> actually not really, you're, when you say that though, you're like, I stay in my lane. You actually don't though. Cause that's not your lane. Design wasn't really your lane. You just heard an idea from outside of your space and brought it into your space. So I don't think you stay in your lane. I think you're just more filtering the ideas to make sure it fits the businesses you're working on the lifestyle. If I think it, I make sure it fits my personality type that I could successfully accomplish that. You know what I mean? Like I, that, that is true. Uh, a good example would be the way Dave Goggins kind of has this, like, you should just brute force attack problems. That's not really me either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I definitely do back down. You can hurt me. I don't want to do something 15 hours a day. You know what I mean? I don't take pride in not sleeping. Like my, my other business part, my, my, my guy that I work with, Nick, he like takes pride in like not sleeping. I'm like, there's no pride in that. I go mm-hmm. to bed. <laughs> yep. I'm go by 9 p.m. Yeah. 